the Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's mm. largest sports book. My best friend, Derek Stevens. He was the coolest. You don't even know. He was the coolest. Derek Stevens, I missed you. How the hell are you? Terrific. Great to talk to you guys. Great to talk to Chicago. Derek Stevens, Stadium Swim, Circa Sports, The D. Check it out, CircaLasVegas.com. We'll be doing shows from there March 23rd and 24th. See you soon, Derek. Thank you. Hey, great to talk to you guys. Look forward to it. All right, there he is. That's Derek Stevens from Circa. So your options, you could be at Stadium Swim with the rest of us, Danny, or you could stand next to Derek at the sports book while he smokes two and a half packs of Marlboro Lights. He comes out the room, and I look at him, and I seem like like an orange... His aura or whatever, I, I seen it. Like that NFL Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, wh- wherever Derek is, is where I'm going. <laughs> that's, 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 my, that's my mantra. I just want to be a part of your life. You won't answer my calls, you change your number. I mean, I'm not going to be ignored. You don't get it. You just, you don't get it. Usually your, your, your ass kissing is much more subtle. You know what I mean? It's like you dance around it. Nah, he knows. Yeah, he just... It was love at first sight. <laughs> yes, okay, but let, let's keep the exercises in the form of should and shouldn't, okay? Next. I, I should want to cook him a simple meal, but I shouldn't want to cut into him, to tear the flesh, to wear the flesh, to be born unto new worlds where his flesh becomes my key. Good. Anyways, I hope you get this, man. Hit me back. Just a chat. Truly yours. Your biggest fan. This is Stan. He knows. Yeah. He just... It was love at first sight. We go for one, two, three. And here we go. go. Here we go. Here we go, Jack. Here we go, Tony. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Yeah, I got to wear that one. Yeah, that's earned. Has uh, Derek Stevens seen the shrine that you have for him in a corner of the unfinished basement? No, but I, I'm, I'm taking him a memento. I'm, ta- I'm, I'm taking something of Derek's uh, from, from this upcoming trip to Circa. I hope it's a suit jacket. That's what I'm going to ask for. I'm going to ask for a suit jacket that he wore but is out of the rotation. I want a sport coat. We're not the same size, yeah. and I'll just hang it in the basement. Then you could put it over the mannequin <laughs> in the shrine that you have in the corner of the unfinished basement. I think that that makes perfect sense. I don't think that's too big of an ask. I don't think it's too creepy. And then I'm going to ask him to subsidize my unfinished basement. Too far? <laughs> too far? Hey, you, you revolutionized have, Fremont Street. Have you what? thought about a, a Circa North Shore? Yeah, What's yeah. 1,200 square feet of underground living? Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. There is a Circa North Shore coming. Oh, yeah, there to is. Waukegan. <laughs> yeah, I know. Honestly. But halfway there. You need something that's halfway there. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I'm available. I'm available, Derek. So it's just, it's just one little basement project. One mm. little basement project. So He's, he's going to need to have somebody in between. Maybe it'll be Bubby. Maybe it'll be my Bubby between uh, you and Derek. I'm just excited to uh, be back out there. <laughs> All right. That'll put a cap on the fun part of this hour, right? <laughs> well, I mean, listen. There is some absurdity to the entire charade of taking on this PR hit for this quality of pitcher. And Clevenger like still hasn't talked to the media out there. Apparently the whole media core is just sitting around waiting for over an hour. He's late <laughs> talking to them. This guy, I'm going to go out on a limb, doesn't really care about other people. <laughs> doesn't care about their time or their opinions of him so much. Again, might not be an abuser. Might not be guilty. Might not be suspended. 
Definitely a bad guy. Definitely a bad guy. <laughs> Definitely a bad guy. Definitely an interesting choice as somebody to get into bed with in pro sports. So, uh, you know, they signed him. And to be clear, you can DFA someone at any time for any reason as long as you pay him your $12 million bucks. Now, you can say, I don't want to pay an abuser $12 million. I want to let this situation run its course. But you can pay someone to go to away. go away. You can do it contractually. The union will not jump up and get in your face about that. You can DFA. I was just told you can DFA someone. I just wanted to confirm it. Uh-huh. You could DFA someone for any time for any reason, as long as you pay them their money. So I'll just let that stand on its own merit. You can make the decision on whether or not they should or they should not. But that is an option that I've been reassured was available. Let's hear from Rick Hahn. First and foremost, as was evidently revealed on Twitter last night, Mike Clevenger is here in camp. Uh, He is currently, as you know, the subject to an open investigation under the Major League Baseball and Players Association joint policy. I appreciate the fact that several of you uh, have put in the time and effort to reach out, whether it be to us or to Major League Baseball or the Players Association, to get yourself educated on the policy and the rights of players and clubs underneath that policy. A couple of points that I think need to be uh, reiterated or at least made clear for those of you that may have missed them or for uh, stories that may not have included them. Uh, It is up to, under the terms of the collectively bargained policy, uh, it is solely the discretion of the commissioner to discipline a player under investigation after the conclusion of an investigation. At this point, the White Sox options are the same as they have been throughout this process when Mike joined us, and that is to respect the process and the investigation and let it play out. That is the club's only option. Obviously, the confidentiality element of the investigation is essential uh, to the success and strength of the policy and one that we're going to uh, continue to respect. And with that, take a quick drink and throw it open to questions. It's a very fair question. The question about the level of due diligence that we do, uh, I will say that the confidentiality element to this policy is essential in order to protect not just players, but also those who feel aggrieved to give them the ability to come forward and express that there's an issue and to allow for an investigation to take place. Part of that confidentiality is that other clubs don't know about it. And there was no way for us to be aware of this incident without someone being in violation of that policy. And no one was, uh, which again, is part of the strength of the policy and it's how it operates effectively. From a due diligence standpoint, uh, we have had some success in past years. I've been, I've been here now, I've, this started my 23rd season. Uh, so I've been involved in a lot of background checks, a lot of evaluations of players' makeup from outside the organization. Uh, we have had success at times in the past taking calculated risks on players that had, let's say, immaturity issues with other organizations, bringing them in here and making them part of our environment and giving them a new opportunity to 
fulfill their potential. Uh, probably don't have that ring in 05 without taking chances like that. Uh, that said, you know, you try to do everything in your power to uncover everything you can and make a decision based upon the risk of what you're bringing in. Uh, and look, that's a big part of my job, big part of the front office's job is managing risk, whether it's from performance, health, clubhouse fit, off-field issues. It's a matter of putting that all in a box and making the best decision you can based on the information available to you at that time. Um, there's been instances in the recent past where we've passed on people because of what we've uncovered in background. Uh, and there's always means for improving it. But in terms of finding out about this specific incident or anything, there was no indication of anything close to anything that has been alleged in this guy's background. So you felt it was a calculated risk. What was your reaction then when you heard the news? Disappointment. You never want... I, I, I'm... I'm I regret the fact that we're sitting here today talking about this. I understand why we're doing it. Obviously, we have to. Uh, but this is a year in which we have high expectations. We have uh, a new staff that's trying to hit the ground running to help us fulfill those expectations. And we've got a heck of a lot of players in that clubhouse right now who feel like they have something to prove. Uh, Frankly, that was part of the appeal in bringing Mike in prior to all this, of knowing that he, prior to all this, he had something to prove as well. Uh, here's a guy who historically has pitched when healthy, like a guy towards the front of a rotation. At this point in his career, due to injuries, uh, you know, he's not out there reaping the benefits financially of what a front-end starter gets. And here's a guy who could come in and potentially with something to prove, a chip on his shoulder to to show he belongs to be treated like the elite pitcher he has shown himself capable of being. So we were excited to all get here and start building towards that collective goal, letting these guys sort of show that they're who people thought they were a year ago and regret the fact that this is instead the topic. If the investigation was public at, let's say, the beginning of offseason, would that have disqualified him from you guys? It's not the... That's a hypothetical, not the facts that we're dealing with. Wait, sorry, just to clarify. Sure, sure. Did you, if, if there was no indication that there was anything to be concerned about, was citing Clevenger a calculated risk, or did you actually think this was like a pretty good... With, no, it was a calculated risk because of some of the maturity issues that had come to light historically and that were uncovered as part of our uh, our background. Okay. Look, Three, there was no, general, there was no, yeah, yeah, nothing to do okay. with this incident whatsoever. Okay. The, Public, it was very public what happened back in 2020. They were playing us in our place when they had the, the COVID protocol breach that he was part of. Uh, as you probably recall, there he was uh, available and ultimately moved to San Diego at that deadline, and we were part of that those conversations with Cleveland at the time about acquiring him. We had several conversations at that time about what are we getting here from a makeup standpoint. There certainly were some positives in terms of work ethic and focus and desire to win and desire to compete and understanding of his own mechanics and efforts to improve, which were positives. 
but there were, you know, maturity questions, and he'd admit that probably by his, by his own volition. So that's that's what I was referring to in terms of we've had similar guys who have had reputational questions, let's say, because of their behavior in other places before they got to us. Do you plan to change anything about the due diligence you perform on players in the future? I think, look, we have to. Any anything that we're not exactly clicking at 100% on. We look for ways to improve. This past offseason, we made alterations to our sports performance department because of some issues we felt we had. Uh, same would be with analytics or scouting or whatever, for an area where we can get better. Uh, we've talked about ways to improve our, our background interviews, so to speak, some questions perhaps that would lead to other paths that we weren't asked. Uh, but again, I think it needs to be clear, under the terms of this policy, there was no way for us to have known this information about a, an open investigation dating back to middle of last year. Right, you, your job would then be to find out about the incident and due diligence, not necessarily investigation, right? Like if we could, if, if we could, not yeah. Not necessarily the existence of an investigation that's confidential, but to the source of the investigation. Ideally, if we had found that out, that would have been informative. Right. Rick, you said your uh, your reaction yeah. was disappointment, disappointment that you're talking about this. Have you had much discussion with his teammates, with other members of the process, Jerry even, about what, what the reaction was from them over? Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about it. Talked about one-on-one -on -one with players, coaches, Jerry, Kenny, everyone. Absolutely. White Sox fans I've had conversations with directly as well. Left this out earlier inadvertently. Mike addressed the team personally in there this morning and expressed to them his regret that this is potentially in, in any way a distraction or the fact that you know, any of them may potentially need to answer questions about him. I think that was a good first day move by him, step by him to try to build some relationships and, and express his level of regret for the situation. What kind of conversation did you have with fans? You mentioned fans. People, people have called, people stopped me in public, people stopped. The TSA guy likes to talk a lot. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm out and about. People, people talk. People Rick, talk. Uh, for the most part, I will say, you know, look, it, it's... A lot of what I've heard from fans has been pretty positive uh, in terms of their excitement for Pedro. Uh, I mean, I've, most every other conversation mentions health in some level of uh, for, uh, some capacity, which I get. But for the most part, I'm hearing from a lot of people who are excited about the prospect that this for the future that this club holds. You talked. You talked to baseball. The kept you in the loop on. I'm not. Part, uh, they, they not, not about specifics, but just right. where things stand and how long this could go. That's. Not particularly. That's their thing. They'll, once they feel they've thoroughly investigated everything, they'll let us know their determination. This could be more of an opening day question, but what what, what is your, um, got, what are the guidelines when it comes to the use of administrative leave? It seems like it's, it's up to the commissioner's office. Usually, and I believe under the policy, it's done in conjunction with the players association. Uh, obviously this going on for a while at no point did they feel it merited placing them on administrative leave is the threshold i don't becomes too big of a distraction what that's what you'll I'm have to ask those in charge of putting them on administrative leave can you speak to what a background check process generally consists of or at least to enhance understanding of why such a thing may not come up as part of well it wouldn't come up because it was like confidential investigation what, i think it's the main the reason uh, you wind up depending on who the player is and who your connections are with that player's past, talking with everyone from uh, former teammates, former coaches, scouts, people in the traveling party, people in, who've worked in visiting clubhouses, uh, 
if you know people they've worked with in the off season, you know, the people who are with them in the minors, uh, obviously there's can be consultation uh, with league agent to find out any past issues that may be available publicly. Uh, there's also a, a sort of more formal process that you go through in terms of certain instances of police activity or anything along those lines that is discoverable. You spoke at... doesn't have to say anything? You spoke to the agent. Agents are not under an obligation to share that. It's confidential. Should he have... Should he have... It's not a question for me. Do you, do you oh, believe God. He said he's innocent. I'm not the judge or jury in this situation. When Clevenger addressed the team this morning, did he... You said he apologized for being a distraction for their apartment he address the, the underlying incident at all? Uh, the underlying incident? No. Okay. You spoke at the end of last season about, and this is obviously in reference to something baseball-related, about having to win the fans' trust mm-hmm. back and stuff like that. Certainly, this situation could, could factor into that. How do you kind of talk to fans who are feeling like, like you were mentioning positive reactions, you know, negative ones specifically because of this issue. How do you respond to those those fans? I think at this point, our, when I talk about winning back the trust of the fans and the face of the fans, I think ultimately that's something that only happens on the field. When I alluded to it at the end right. of the last season or at the course of the over the course of the offseason when we were talking about this ad or that subtraction and fan confidence in that. So that part holds. When you're talking about with regard specifically to Mike, I think at this point, again, my only response can be let's let the process play out. It's a it's a strong policy that has proven effective in meriting out uh, discipline when warranted. So let's let that be respectful of that process and let it play out. Talking about trust on the field, separate from that, you know, obviously what he's been accused of is something that affects a lot of people and might make people who've been affected by that feel alienated from the team that you know he's on here how, how do you kind of what message do you kind of offer to them is it, is it similar as far as just letting it play out there's again the only authority that can discipline or act at this time is the commissioner's office in conjunction with the players association under the policy not the white Sox. uh for now Unfortunately, all I have is words that we take this seriously. Ultimately, we've talked about for years, going back to 2016, that you need to have, it's one thing to say something, it's another thing for your actions and performance to back that up. At this time, all I have is words that we, you know, obviously take this seriously uh, and support a very strong policy in the efforts of the investigation under that policy. I understand that may not be that may not be satisfying right now. Right now, it's our only choice. But again, the the putting aside Mike, this team knows that they have something to to prove about themselves and prove about the collective group to win back the confidence of the fans. The the confidence that as we sat here, well, not exactly 12 months ago because of the work stoppage, but 11 months ago. There was a great deal of optimism and, and positivity and people projecting this team to you know, potentially run away with the division and do damage deep into October. Uh, that group in there still feels like they're capable of doing that, but they know there's understandable skepticism about that based on last season, and they look forward to being out there and proving 
what they're capable of doing. Are you frustrated with Mike for putting you in this position? Like, the agent could have told you, but the player could have told you, too. Independent of whether the allegations are true, the player could have told you he was under investigation and you could have made a decision that way. Uh, it's a distraction now. It's because you didn't know. The question is... Are you frustrated with him for, for putting you in this position? I understand why he didn't. Do you feel like this experience will make you more hesitant on calculated risk type of situations? Like yeah, I understand why, too. I don't want to... Let's pause for a second. Let's pause for a second. Judged. Yeah, that, that was something, wasn't it? That moment there, the question was good. Are you frustrated with the player for putting you in this position? Clarify, then ask it again, then a long pause. I understand why he wouldn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a... Uh, they're doing... They're doing some creative tap dancing here. It is true that the policy is designed for anonymity, right? He was with the Padres. The investigation was opened. That's not supposed to become public. It's not supposed to be known to anybody until there is enough evidence for there to be guilt because they tried to frame their policy with a presumption of innocence. Sure. And then it becomes public if there's enough evidence to to punish you. So, like, that part's true. But when he talks about, like, there's nothing we can do. Yeah, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's a spin. You, you, you could absolutely – he's like, the only people who could do something is the, is the commissioner's office. No. The only people who can do something through the domestic violence policy is the commissioner's office. You can cut your own player if you want it to. There will not like, be I mean, a you can lawsuit. Do that. If if they cut their own player, if they DFA'd their own player and paid him his $12 million and sent him away, then they ha- there's no repercussion for the union, nor repercussion for Mike Clevenger personally in terms of a lawsuit. They're allowed to do that as long as they pay you your money. So everything else becomes window dressing and tap dancing as they admit that they want to try and get what they can out of their $12 million investment in this guy. Right. And again, I get the argument, hey, we don't want to give $12 million to a potential abuser to have him only not pitch for us, for them to him also maybe be found not guilty and then just sign with another team, make more than $12 million bucks, and us not get the, the innings out of him. I, I get that argument, but that's mm. not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying. He's... You, you could say, hey, wait a minute. We didn't know about this. Yeah. I'm disgusted by the allegations. I'm disappointed by it. We're not going to act on this because he's telling us it's not true. And so we're going to let the process play out. And if he is found innocent, we want Mike Clevenger to pitch for the White Sox to try to go win a championship. And if it is found that it is true, he won't be on the White Sox. You could say that. You could. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you could say that. You know what he did say? And, and, he's, and, he, and he's not. So that, that, that's where I think there's a, some disingenuousness here of like, well, my hands are tied. Mm, they're, not, they're not completely tied. You could take a position on if he's found guilty, he won't be a member of the White Sox. Or we don't want any of this, so he's not going to be a member of the White Sox. And you, if he you is, could take that position. You're choosing not to. If he is found guilty, then that could dictate uh, a possible change in the compensation as it did with the Dodgers and Bauer, where they didn't have to eat 100% of it. They were able to kind of 
get that whittled down a little bit. You know what he did say? He did say, regardless of what I think about Mike Clevenger coming off two injuries and I think about his peripherals and his, his, his slider velocity and yada yada, Rick Hahn said that they believe he could be a front end of the rotation arm who right now is not getting paid like one. They think they have a potential bargain yeah. as a pitching asset here. A guy with historically when healthy, swing and miss caliber stuff. A guy who right now is motivated and they thought was worthy of a $12 million flyer. As a baseball strategy, okay. I happen to disagree. A lot of other people disagree. Whatever. But that's why he's there. Because he, he was not found guilty and perhaps will not be by MLB. We'll see. But they believe they have a freaking bargain. Yes. That's why he's there. We'll listen to more Rick Hahn on the other side before our uh, daily Bears check-in coming up. And Mike Clevenger still hasn't talked? That's impressive. Rick Hahn referenced we wouldn't have a ring in 2005 without a calculated risk. I know exactly what he's talking about, and I want to share that with you. Yeah, but also, yeah, also not the point, but I, 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 I want to hear what you're talking I about. I think organizationally that's why they feel emboldened is my point. All right, well, we'll, hear, we'll, we'll get that coming up as well. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. So who do you think they're talking about in uh, 2005? I think Rick Hahn's talking about Bobby Jenks. Bobby Jenks um, had issues dating back to his high school time, uh, drinking, a weight problem, academically ineligible. There'd been a report that he was part of the Aryan Nation, both he and his dad. The Angels still drafted him, spent four years on him, and then they cut him. Because of, again, more drinking. There were rumors of drug use. There was a report that he had issued some racial slurs. Um, All this stuff that was out there. So that's a lot of maturity issues and some drinking, right? Yeah. And then the White Sox signed him. Two days after he was cut by the Angels, Bobby Jenks, one of three White Sox closers in their World Series year of 2005, and uh, a celebrated part of that team um, and beyond, who who was a thoroughly capable and worthwhile part of that team. So when he's referencing we wouldn't have had a ring because they've taken calculated risks about maturity issues, I think that's exactly who he's talking about. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think it's also uh, like maturity issues that lead to a ring. Okay. This crosses over from that, though, for a lot of people. And, hey, I'm aware that the Cubs did the the Aroldis Chapman move to be the final piece to get them a ring. And that was morally abhorrent, too. And that was my point in transition. These teams don't suffer consequences for it. I just wish that they would be honest about it. Well, what he's saying is that they didn't know these allegations, but everything else they knew was similar to their calculated risk with Bobby Jenks and others. But what I'm saying is that that implies, oh, well, if we would have known about this, we would have never done it. There is not evidence that supports that for the White Sox or any other team. And we just have to be honest about that. Teams sign bad dudes all the time. They draft bad dudes all the time. And, hey, hand up by me. I didn't know this. Chelsea Janes at the Washington Post just pointed out this story on Twitter from a few weeks back. The lead of their story in the Washington Post Mike Clevenger, a starting pitcher for the Chicago White Sox, is under investigation by Major League Baseball after allegations of domestic abuse and child abuse made by the mother of one of his children in a police report last year. Uh, Police report is brand new information. Remember, it came up yesterday in transition. But that they weren't 
but charges. But yeah, no charges. But the, there the, haven't been. The existence of a police report is new. I thought. I think so too. To me, it is. That means that if you should be able to find that out, if there is a police report, you should be able to search in any sort of background check. <laughs> right now, that is some very basics of background checking. Correct. If there's a police and report. And so, Shane, can you call, sorry to do this on the air, Gus Garcia Roberts with the Washington Post? Just ask him how his day's going? Yeah, just ask him how his day's going. Uh, just see if he could point us in the direction of confirmation of a police report, where that is, uh, any anything like that, because then that would definitely... Oh well, we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Well, hold on a second, then. How, what if you, if there's a police report out there about a yeah. dude you're giving twelve million dollars for, and that's just some sort of generic search yeah. that you should be able to uncover? That feels like it would be a tremendous oversight. Um, know this, listeners. Know that they are choosing to move forward with him. It is not true that their hands are tied, though they may want you to think that in terms of a possible lawsuit. Um, if they were to pay him and eat $12 million, it would go away and they would DFA him, as you have been saying. Yeah. And there may be talk out there about how future earnings, future years of earnings could be affected and that a player and his lawyer could file suit and say, what about my future years since you took me out there? And, I, you know, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't think that there really is too much to that. They may say know. that there is a lot to that. Been asking a, a lawyer friend who's been helping me think about it from the legal perspective, and he does not think that there would be much to that from the team's uh, perspective of actually being afraid that if you just DFA somebody for the year, it is what it is, and you've paid him, and, and it's, it's up to them, which would go more along the lines of what we've been hearing. Let's go back to Rickon and get some more of this out here as uh, we still wait to hear from Mike Clevenger. Do you feel like this experience will make you more hesitant on calculated risk type of situations or signings? Uh, I don't want to – every individual deserves to be judged based on themselves. Uh, I don't want to – Look, there's lessons to be learned from this. They're going to impact future decision-making, sure. But I'm not. player X doesn't deserve to be held accountable for what player Y did or did not do. If Rick Hahn's reputation or the, the confidence in, in me or the front office is adversely affected by this, because there needs to be confidentiality in these investigations, that's okay in the end, frankly. The overall good and need and effectiveness of the policy is more important than me necessarily making fully informed decision. That's, it's, that's reality. And look, I'm certainly gonna take whatever slings and arrows come our way, understandably. Uh, but that doesn't mean because of my own well-being that the a very effective agreement should change. No, that's more important. Okay, so that's Rakan, and he's uh, he. We said it yesterday, right? Yeah. There was there was no way to win this one, and he 
didn't. <laughs> he he certainly didn't. And I think that they are trying to peddle some technicalities here, and we'll see where it goes. But Mike Clevenger, my guess is where it goes is Mike Clevenger eventually speaks, and then he pitches. That's where I think this is going. Rick Hahn spoke for about, what, 35 minutes or so? And I think 20 to 25 minutes of them that Tanny edited down for us was about Mike Clevenger on the day that pitchers and catchers report. Uh, They deserve this. They deserve this through really poor Pro scouting, in my opinion. The Bears own the offseason, so we will talk about it every day from now till the draft at 3 o'clock. Yesterday, the most likely trade back partner. Today, the caveat and the thing that we will not be able to remove from the conversation until they make a selection. And it's only going to get louder next on The Score.